We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 24th day of May, the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, it's good to have you back this week. How are you? Uh, healthy and alive. Uh, I'm actually enjoying the nice weather out today. Uh, instead of a blistering hot May weather, which is fairly typical for this time of year, um, we have a nice, almost chilly, uh, rainy day. And we're supposedly supposed to have that for the next couple of days, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad to hear you're not roasting down there like you normally would in Oklahoma this time of year. Hotter days are coming, or are cooler days coming? Hmm? It's climate change. We don't know. Anyhow, where would you like to start? Would you like to start with, uh, uh, we're going to get into a few things today. We're going to talk about the World Economic Forum, uh, their opening stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about some, <laughs> I guess, some monkeypox stuff, because why not, right? And... There is, if we get some time, I want to talk about some digital ID stuff uh, because they're talking about uh, having to ration gasoline and stuff like that here. But where would you like to start? Which one do you want to start with? Well, I mean, we could uh, start at the head and uh, go from the World Economic Forum stuff because everything seems to branch from there. Uh-huh. Okay. World Economic Forum stuff. For starters, Bruce, I'd like to show you this photo. This was one of the officers. By the way, Jack Posobiec was just detained down there. This is one of the officers. I know you probably can't read that, but... But if you look very closely into that arm patch that that Swiss police officer is wearing, it says World Economic Forum Police. They have their own police force now? Since when? I, I thought Klaus said it was an open forum. Anyone can join. Anyone can join. Why do you need your own police force? Since when do you have your own police force? Armed police force at that. They're walking around with MP5s down there. Has the clear getup and everything? Um... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in finding out how and who authorized that. Very interesting. Klaus Schwab on part of his opening statement. We don't have the whole thing, obviously. I mean, I, I really don't want to sit here and listen to this windbag go on and on and on. But this was part of his opening statement. The, the biggest part. This is right before he introduced President Zelensky of Ukraine as the first keynote speaker. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, uh -huh. by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. So why don't you? But two conditions are necessary. The first one is that we act all as stakeholders of larger communities, that we serve not our only self-interests, but we serve the community. That's what we call stakeholder responsibility. And second, that we collaborate. And this is the reason why you find many opportunities here during the meeting to engage into very action and impact-oriented initiatives to make progress related to specific issues on the global agenda. 
The future is built by us. Uh, let me see. You have done nothing except create problems. You have done nothing except create despair. You have done nothing except create hopelessness, depravity, desperation. You're nothing but a bunch of nihilistic, narcissistic pieces of garbage down there. You think that you have some kind of grandiose idea of some world utopia, when in reality, you don't. You don't. Here's a man. Here, here's a... I, I, I hate to even say that. Here's a slug who is standing up there addressing the world, addressing leaders of bankrupt companies and, and uh, financial institutions that have stolen the world through fraud. Here's a guy who has literally collected a paycheck for 36 months of his entire life. And he's going to build the future. He's not even been able to sort out his own life yet. Are you kidding me? What, because he's got uh, some wife that, that was his clerk? Because he's got a couple of kids that are just as miserable as he is. Case in point, listen to his daughter, for God's sake. His son, Olivier, he runs the uh, the World Economic Forum office in Beijing. And so uh, you, you're, you're going to be building a future. You're, you're going to be leading the charge in building a future from what? From what experience? What experience do you have when it comes to business? The answer is none. The man's a complete fabrication. He's a shell. He's a concoction of the likes of Henry Kissinger and the fat man. Uh, what was his name? Herman Kahn. He's a nobody. He's a complete shell. He's the man with the briefcase. Next clip. This war is really a turning point of history, and it will reshape our political and our economic landscape in the coming years. But we also are at the tail end of the most serious health catastrophe of the last hundred years, COVID-19, and we have to reinforce our resilience against a new virus, possibly, oh, a new virus. or other risks <laughs> which we have on the global agenda. We like also what? have to address urgently oh, here it the is. issue of climate change of and all the other issues related to the preservation of nature. Right, right. Now, see, they're, they're going to take the lead on all that stuff is what they're going to do. You seem to agree with uh, what dear old Klaus was saying there about the, the largest health catastrophe in 100 years. So I agree with his statement there that uh, we did deal with one of, if not the worst, um, medical tyranny in world history. You just had millions of people experimented upon in two ways, um, both the vaccine and the virus itself. Pretty much the entire world is agreeing, yes, it was manufactured in a lab and somehow got out of the lab, whether it was released or accidentally got out uh, in a wet market. Doesn't matter. It was manufactured and we have the paper trail for it. And the funding. And oh, the yes. Patents. And, and yeah. So, yes, I agree. This is the worst in history that we're aware of currently. Yeah, th th there's words I want to say there as well um, that I can't say. So I'll move on to the next um, next point he makes there about climate change. Uh, uh, just curious. Mm. Wire brush. You can just say wire brush. <laughs> uh, wire brush. Yes, that that scratches the surface. That's like the tip of the iceberg on what I want to say. Yes. Moving on to climate change. Uh, you could say climate change is currently happening right now in the area that I live uh, because it is a whopping 63-ish degrees Fahrenheit, I believe, somewhere in that range, and raining. Uh, you know, this time of year growing up, I remember those, uh, you know, towards the end of the school year, which is about now, it was blistering hot um, outside. Like it was to the point to where you could start cooking eggs on the sidewalk hot, and it's not yet. Uh, in fact, yesterday was a wonderful, like 68, 70 degrees outside. 
Uh, it was it, and sunny, uh, partly cloudy, uh, but it was it was really nice weather uh, on a Sunday. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think I ever got to it and and pointed this out, but uh, as uh, we we continue to lower carbon emissions, there has been research that's showing that the lower the carbon emissions are, we're actually causing more frequent and more severe hurricanes and typhoons, and then the countries that have not. Uh, diminished their carbon footprint have had reduced numbers of hurricanes and typhoons, which typically the countries that have not, they, they get typhoons, not hurricanes. But anyway, um, I, 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 is there some kind of correlation there or is that just, uh, it's just climate change. So is it, is it more of the more we try, the more we're going to cause climate change and the more the climate change activists are going to be like, see, look, climate change. Is it is it like this circle, the circular logic thing? And the other question I have is, um, uh, there, there's been studies, and this this will this kind of fits in my theology, but uh, I'm I'm going to come at it from a science level because we actually have research that shows that how you think actually affects the real world at the quantum level. If that's the case, and you have a bunch of people saying climate change, climate change, climate change, and they all believe climate change is real, could it potentially make it real? Well, climate change is real. That I will agree with. I mean, the only constant is change. Of course, the climate changes. First, it was global warming. Then there was nothing that they could do with that because you couldn't actually see what they were promoting. You could call it out as the fraud that it was because there was no global warming. They would do stupid stuff like uh, put a temperature gauge out on an airport tarmac somewhere. You even talked about how they would do that, Bruce. So they would make the temperature look like it was, uh, you know, ungodly amounts of um, uh, heating that was going on. They would film the icebergs that would be breaking off of the ice shelves down in Antarctica right when it would break off. And then they would tell you, oh, see, it's all the ice is disappearing. And then they would have to retract it, saying it's grown at exponential rates more than it has in the last three decades. So it wasn't going to happen. By the way, these people are like, what, oh, for 45 or something in all of their predictions. Every single prediction that they've made about the climate since the 1970s has been wrong. They've been wrong every single time. And now all of a sudden, oh, no, we're going to get it right this time. B.S. You're going to get it right. You haven't gotten it right once. Maybe if you got it right once in a while, maybe once in a while, it might be halfway believable, possibly. I don't know. But it comes down to climate change. When you couldn't adopt global warming, it was climate change because that's something you can't deny. Are you denying the climate's changing? Well, no, of course it's changing. It always changes. I had climate change this afternoon. It was sunny and bright. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. All of a sudden, storms rolled in. That's called climate change. The climate that was one thing this morning wasn't what it was this evening. That's change. So you can't deny it. That's why they have to push that. Uh, and it has to stay with that. So everything that they can do now, they can claim is is climate change and whatever. And then, of course, you're the one that's you know to blame for all of it. On to this. Bruce, do you think that we should... How do I put this? Do you think that we should recalibrate freedom of speech? Yes, but not in the direction you're going to go. Well, it's not the direction I'm going to go. <laughs> I mean, well, you know as the, well the as I do, but I'm, I'm all for yeah. free speech. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Australian delegation was sitting on the, uh, of course, the, yeah, that's, they, they've been so wonderful to their citizens over the last couple of years. Uh, the Australian delegation. Uh, this is the Australian uh, e-safety commissioner. E means electronics, so that's going to be your online speech. Uh, e-safety commissioner Julie Inman Grant is talking about how we need a recalibration of freedom of speech. 
We are finding ourselves in a place um, where we're, we have increasing polarization everywhere. And everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on online violence or the uh, right of data protection to the right to child dignity. So I I've said it before. Uh, when it comes to freedom of speech, I'm I'm an absolutist. You know how the left is crying here in the United States. Oh, we're, we're, Elon Musk is going to give voice to white supremacists and uh, blah blah blah. Uh, you know what? Yeah, yes, all of those groups need to have a voice, and it's not a fact of they need to have a voice to get their to to get their ideas and agendas out there. They need to have a voice so that the public is aware that those things exist, so that the public can formulate arguments against that. So that we can properly shame and shun those people. It, it, it's not a matter of we have to silence speech. It's a matter of you need this, you need the free exchange of ideas out there. Number one, that is a uh, a release valve, right? A pressure release valve. If you can freely have your voice heard and be listened to, not just you know, not just say what well, being able to speak is one thing, and then it it that helps, but then having someone actually actually listen to you, like especially when your arguments are against government and having government actually listen, um, that's a, that's a pressure release valve. And that keeps us from civil war. But then when you start silencing people, especially on a certain side or agenda, you know, if you you happen to talk about great reset stuff and you you get shut down or you you talk about um uh, I don't know, a, a, a certain president's son getting involved in drugs and uh, money laundering and those kind of things, and you get silenced there. Um, you you get silenced for saying, "Hey, COVID nineteen was manufactured, or the the vaccine is also very dangerous." And you get silenced. Um, that causes a a large swath of a population to become more agitated. And eventually, when you don't let that pressure out, it it gets released violently. And that that's one of the mechanisms to keep that from happening. You know, I think it's rather interesting that that she's sitting there and she's mentioning that. And you were talking about uh, Elon Musk with the whole Twitter thing. And, you know, one of the deals that's going on with Twitter at the moment is there's some deliberation. And now Musk is saying that he wants to uh, renegotiate the price because we're looking at possibly upwards of 20%, and maybe that number's a little high, but upwards of 20% of the accounts that are on Twitter are bots. What does that mean? What does that mean? Far higher that than means, that could be possible, is it higher than that? by the way. Far higher, because, and the reason I say that is there was an independent group that did a investigation into uh, Joe Biden's, you know, the president's uh, POTUS account. Yeah, that was like they half. found they found like 49.8% of those were bots. And it, it, it was not just, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, they were looking for they were looking for things like how many times they tweeted, retweeted their avatar picture, um, you know, when the account was created, you know, all, all the different things. They were looking at a ton of different uh, statistics to determine that they were bots. And they found that almost 50 percent of them were bots. If that's the case for the president, um, how many more do you think are out there? I mean, th this this is an ongoing thing in the in this world of influencers and whatnot. You can buy accounts uh, or or excuse me, follows, likes, what, whatever whatever the platform is. So this is this is a, a profitable business. So of course there's going to be a ton of bots. 
And so what does that do when you have more than half of a, uh, uh, let's say you've got more than half of Twitter, and I'm sure that Facebook's probably not much different, but when you have more than half of these things that are fake accounts or accounts that are just tweeted and retweeted by a couple of times by somebody that's paid to be there like an NGO or something or a Soros outfit, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that you can sway public opinion. You can change people's mindset. It's a form of social engineering when you can do that. But if more than half of these accounts are fake, that's not what the public actually thinks, is it? No, it's not. But you can change the minds or the thought processes, or you can plant seeds of discontent into those that don't think that way by a strong-willed minority to try and sway a majority of people. That's what you can do with that. It's very dangerous. That's why I said when they created this whole social media garbage, I said, you dumbasses have opened Pandora's box. You have no idea what you've done. None. You have no clue. You don't know how to handle what you've created, although they're trying. And I find it especially rich that you've got sorry sacks of, uh, of just trash sitting on the stage down there in Davos talking about free speech. You people got a lot of nerve talking about free speech. Every single one of the stage events that you have have all the comments disabled. So people can't comment on what you say. They can't tell you how much of a, a bunch of lying, hypocritical bunch of losers you people are. You don't hear it. You don't hear it because you're stuck. You're stuck. You're stuck in that, that echo chamber of just circular logic and, and your own narcissism. You don't know how to think outside of that. You become defensive when you hear negativity towards you. You immediately go on the defensive and you start the ad hominem attacks with the usual racist, bigot, misogynistic, homophobic, xenophobic, whatever, you know, pick your label. Doesn't matter. That's what they do. That's a sign of a narcissist. When they can't defeat a person's argument rationally, they attack the person. That's an ad hominem attack. But that's what these people are. They're not the enlightened builders of the future, as Schwab would have you believe. As I said, that bum's collected a paycheck 36 months of his entire life. I'll tell you what they are. They're criminals. They're peddlers. They're swindlers. They're asocial. They don't believe in humanity. They've already given up their humanity. They're nihilistic. They have no form of spiritual belief other than themselves. They're materialistic. They're communistic, if you really want to get down to it, based in Marxist theology and a, a nasty mix of that and, and neo-Malthusianism, which is where they come in with the de whole depopulation thing. That's all mixed in there, too. It's disgusting. And of course, they've got the social controls on top of that. And it's just it's just got awful. These people are just these people are they're, they're a disease on humanity when in fact now th th this, is, this is the interesting side of things because we've got a very serious problem here. And when I say a very serious problem, I'm talking about we the people, those of us that are that are out here in the trenches, if you will, the barefoot peasants, whatever you want to call us, right? Just the average people. We have a very serious problem. And the very serious problem is, is that we are at a stalemate. Both sides equally hate each other. Do they not? You've got a, a holier-than-thou elite, a so-called elite, you can't even say that because elite implies you've actually achieved something, but you've got a holier-than-thou group of people that are sitting in their ivory towers, completely disconnected from reality, and they have disdain for humanity because they've lost their humanity. They've given up their spiritual belief in the Creator. They've lost it. And so therefore, they pledge their faith and their, their devotion to the God of this world, Satan. It's a spiritual battle that we're in. At the same time, you've got us down here, who are not disconnected from reality, who sees things as they are, who see these people and these hypocrites for who they are, and yet we have disdain for them. Both sides want each other gone. This only ends one way. 
comment before I move on to Jack Posobiec? I, I will say, you know, in line with all of this uh, uh, crackdown on freedoms, not just speech, but everything. Um, it, it feels like they're 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 pushing for some kind of violence. Uh, yes. And either there's going to be actual violence or there's going to be uh, such a loss of freedom that it will basically push the populace into being um, uh, complicit. So, yeah, time will tell. We'll see what happens. You know, yesterday, Bruce, I played a clip of uh, Dr. Michael Yaden, uh, and he said something pretty similar to what you just said. And I'd like for you to hear it and then uh, offer your commentary on it afterwards. The one thing you should do, I, I suggest, is um, um, what do you say? Chris Sky says this, united non-compliance, something like that, unified non-compliance. Don't go along with it. So if your job depends on vaccination, be without work. You can't repair your life. You know, if you can't go on holiday without a vaccine passport, for crying out loud, don't fly for a couple of years. Uh, and so when you see the next one of these coming, I, I think the best we can do is wake everybody up each time and push them back. Um, sadly, I believe in the end, they're going to double down and double down again. I think they'll use violence. I think they don't want to do that because when the glove, when the mask slip, gloves, gloves off, to mix my metaphors, and they start shooting their own citizens, which eventually they will, at that point, people are going to have to pick a side and it's going to end very messily. I think there's virtually no chance having rehearsed probably for decades to do this. I think there is no chance because they, even if the, the super perpetrators, I don't know who they are, but we can guess, the super wealthy and powerful, even if they thought, well, do you know what, let's back off and have another go in a few years. All the, um, the, uh, the World Economic Forum alumni, most very many of the current leaders of countries have been through Schwab's leadership program. Um, I think they know that if they try and back off this, quite a lot of the, I'm not I'm not pushing for this, by the way. I definitely don't want this. I do not want violence. But I, I think there's a strong chance quite a few of them will get Mussolini's treatment. OK, that, and I think they know that if, if so, if they don't roll us over, they're going to get hung. Uh, that, yeah, that's quite possible, especially when uh, more, the, more and more information comes out of the injuries that have happened because of this, as that can, continues to come out and people realize that they their life has essentially been effed up for the rest of their life because of a safe and effective vaccine for a disease that you had to go in, go in and get a test to know you had. Yeah, I, I imagine the populace is going to be um, very angry about that one. But the thing is, is I don't know, at least here in the United States, I don't know if it's going to be COVID that's going to push people over or if it's going to be um, coming after our kids with the transgender, you know, LGBTQIA plus plus whatever agenda. I, I don't know which one is going to trigger them first because the LGBT stuff and, and trying to groom kids, uh, young kids. That's waking up far more people much quicker than the, the entirety of the, you know, what, what, what's going on with COVID. I say that, but maybe the COVID was the catalyst. Maybe COVID triggered all the parents uh, and are like, wait, something's wrong. I need to start paying attention more. And they started paying attention more. And then this happened. So they know their time is short. The, the question is, will the people act? When you still have some some time before we're we're about to fall off the cliff, like we're right there starting to jump off the cliff. We have enough time to save ourselves. Uh, I, I think I think we can still it's still going to hurt. It's still not going to feel good. But I think we have a, a chance of saving Western civilization at this point and um, moving forward. But it, it rests on our shoulders. And by our, I mean the citizens of the Western world. 
it's on us to to make the move. And I don't mean make a move in violence. That's not what I'm meaning. Uh, I'm meaning every doing everything legal and within the bounds of of you know what we're allowed to do before that's our only choice. Uh, before our uh, yeah. You know, it's as simple as building parallel systems away from this. Like, for for example, the system is coming down, whether we want it to or not. As Bruce said, we're still going to have this crash landing. It's still going to happen. That system is going to crash. They're going to crash it. What's important is, is that you build up parallel systems away from this because we're going to have to have something to offer people here. It's not going to be as simple as just, uh, well, yeah, we're getting away from that. No, 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 no. There's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. Western civilization can be saved, but it's got to be done by we the people. It has to be reorganized on our terms. They're trying to reorganize it on their terms right now. Right now, they're trying to do it. And they're trying to do it with this this stakeholder capitalism garbage he's talking about. Well, we need to look out for our own self-interest. Nothing says inclusivity like that, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we need to look after the community second. No, 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 no. You need to look after the individual. The individual creates a strong environment around him. Therefore, the communities build up around the individual. You people have got it backwards. But see, when you have an empowered individual, it makes people like that irrelevant. That's what it comes down to. It's a decentralized way of living life. And it creates enormous wealth and enormous prosperity. This is what they don't understand. They've already gotten all the way to the top through fraud. They're pulling the ladder up to make sure that no one else gets up there. So... What can we do? Well, we've got a number of things that we have to do. We have to establish first and foremost, I think in order to in order to maintain a healthy populace, you have to maintain a health system, do you not? I think you kind of have to start somewhere with that. Well, it's all going to start with what Ned talked about. You've got to retake control of your own health. You've got to do that. And it's got to be in ways where you are at least in some way, shape or form, subsidizing, if nothing else, subsidizing the food that you get, as in acquire. You need to start growing your own food somehow. Even if you're in a city, even if you're in a city, believe me, I've lived in cities plenty of my years. Even if you're in a city, you still have the opportunity, at least most of you do, to somehow create some type of a, of a garden. If you have a little terrace or you know a little porch or something, you can still put stuff outside. It still works. You can get the little planters, you know, and they, they work. Uh, it might not be much, but at least it's something. And at least you'll get the skills to where when you are tired of the cities, it's time for you to move out to the suburbs. You'll be able to do it on a larger scale and be able to support yourself and your families. Second, you need to start learning about nutraceuticals, as in vitamins, minerals, key vitamins, key minerals that you need in order to maintain your own health. Start looking into healthy lifestyles. If you hadn't, we're three years overdue on that for most people anyway. I'm still seeing people coming out of uh, supermarkets with ice cream and soda and uh, chocolate milk and, and bags of chips and uh, and uh, like all kinds of stuff. And it's like, really? You know, they got like frozen lasagnas and everything else. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? People need to start eating as healthily as they can. That's part of living a healthy lifestyle. That's one of the biggest things we've been promoters of here since the start of even COVID was, hey, wait a minute. Um, where's the talk of exercising? Oh, they closed your gyms. Where's the talk of eating healthy? Oh, no. McDonald's, Burger King, Domino's Pizza, Pizza Hut. Those were all still open. You were non-essential. You couldn't open your business, couldn't go to church. Everything is backwards with these people. In the meantime, they're telling you that they're saving lives when they're actually destroying life. They're not builders. They're destroyers. So there's a lot of things to do. You've got education in there. You've got uh, health in there. You've got you know, you've got communities in there that have to be rebuilt. All of this is going to have to be rebuilt. All of it. Uh, it's all going to have to be redone. And it's going to have to be redone on our terms. And it's got to be parallel systems away from this. Uh, anyway, Jack Posobiec. 
Jack Vasobic is in Davos, who is uh, he was speaking at CPAC Hungary and he traveled to Italy for a few days. I think he was in Rome for a few days. And then, he, of course, you know, big Catholic guy <laughs> he was in Rome for a couple of days. A lot of churches in, in Rome, a lot of churches. And then he was in uh, he was in Austria for a couple of days. And then, of course, now he's in uh, he's in Switzerland covering the conference. And it, well, he was covering the conference until he got detained by the Swiss. Poli- well, no, it wasn't the Swiss police. It was the World Economic Forum police is who he got detained by. It doesn't look like he was actually arrested, though. I've found uh, oh, a few videos of the... So, by the way, it was the reporter uh, b- before we were... Okay, that was um, the one you called out. It is the reporter that I was, okay. I was calling out. Okay. It, it is her. Um, uh, I, I've seen footage now of uh, different angles. Do you want to know why they... And... Do, you, do you want to know why they stopped him in the first place? Yeah, let's hear it. Because they looked suspicious. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's her, by the oh, way. Okay, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, they eventually in the video, they detain once they're done detaining and the altercation between the reporter and the, I guess, police officer finished. They basically get in their vans and leave. And Pasovic uh-huh. is just, you know, he's standing right there. OK. As they leave. I, I think it was just a mafia style. Hey, we uh-huh. know where you yeah, live. You see the arm patch right there. World Economic yeah, Forum police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice submachine guns you got there, fellas. Yeah, it looks a little suspicious. And a fun, a fun thing about that you pointed out: if the uh, the cops there are doing something illegal, it's actually illegal for you to record the cop doing something illegal. Yes, damn privacy laws over here. That's just it's just the way that it is. You have to take the bad. With I, the good. It's mean, also illegal for you to be recorded too. So I mean, that, this I, is this is why I can't really do like recordings and stuff. I mean, I have to be very careful about the photos that I take in public because. If you get caught or if somebody walks up to you and says, hey, am I in that picture? Can you delete that? I mean, I've had to do that with with people before tourists here all the time. And I walk past someplace and they're taking a photo and I'm like, seriously, you couldn't wait five seconds for me to walk past you. You had to do it right now. I, I, I agree. I don't like pictures. But at the same time, you're in a public space that, that that's kind of comes with the territory. I suppose. I suppose. What was interesting was the same police. I'm actually reading here out of the Post Millennial. They did a piece on it. The same police that said that they were stopping them because they looked suspicious. Pasovic had actually shown his passport and press badge to those same police an hour prior to that. And they still detained him anyway. Oh, yeah. By the way, the the reason they looked suspicious is um, they were all sitting at uh, cafe tables outside. Uh, That's why they're suspicious? Yeah. Because they were all sitting That's the only thing I can determine because... Um, it, it's outside. Looks like a fairly nice day. Uh, and they were all sitting at a cafe table outside a, um, looks like a World Economic Forum, possibly. Because uh, be. it says forum on the uh, side of the building there. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I can't see the other words. And there's a bunch of flags in front of it. So could possibly you know, be. Last, last summer, last summer, I remember when this was posted. We actually talked about this. Last summer, the World Economic Forum on their verified Twitter page put out a tweet and they said, how can we stem the spread of disinformation online? Uh, Bruce, who is this right here that's listed in this uh, this photo that they tweeted out? Who is this? Uh, the exact guy we've seen detained. Uh-huh. One might think that there's a personal vendetta against him. Yeah. Um, and also uh, another one they, they point out there is RT America. <laughs> it's the, the, the Russian. Uh, isn't it interesting that... Uh, they're targeting both of those right now. The RT got mm-hmm. basically canceled yep. um, on all social medias because oh, it's, oh they got it's thrown Russian out of Europe. We, we, they got thrown out of yeah. Europe. Yeah, 
We, we have to go after anything Russian because Putin bad. I, I wish you guys would take the same stance on China, but apparently you're hypocrites. Nothing wrong with China. China, they're our friends. We, uh, apparently, according to uh, Two Scoops Biden, we're abiding by the one China policy. I didn't know that. Since when do we agree to the one China policy? Yeah, I, I didn't I, know I that we did I that. I don't have the, the audio of this, but it was a, um, a reporter in Tokyo asked the president um, if we would get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if uh, China was to attack after not doing so in, in Ukraine. And Biden responded, yes, it's a commitment we made. We agree with the one China policy. We signed onto it and all the attended, uh, attendant agreements made from there. Apparently we agree to that now. All right, fine. Why not? Right. Are we going to send them, uh, I don't know, a couple of trillion dollars to say we're sorry because we did, weren't doing it before or something? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know at this point either. I'm asking um, a question. They, What's going on in China right now? Does anybody know? Does anybody have a clue? Is anybody asking a question? Has anybody in the mainstream media mentioned anything about China in the last two years? Anything? Uh, well, the lockdowns that has been mentioned, uh, but past that, uh, well, and and the and the virus coming from China, you know, the Wuhan virus. Uh huh. Um, other than that, we haven't really heard anything. We've kind of talked about, you know, the the flooding and the uh, mm. the lack of food and yeah, yeah, um, you know, the Uyghurs. Well, no, see, that's not happening. No, that's not happening. None of that's going on. No injuries, no deaths, comrade. We're getting low on time here, so we're going to have to move on. We spent too much time talking about those useless windbags down there in Davos. A question real quick. Uh -huh. This is just a, you know how the left likes to switch words and, and change things. Yeah. The question that was posed to the president here is saying, will we get mil militarily involved, right? He says, yes, it's a commitment we made. And then later says, we support China. We support China. We agree with China. That's basically what he said. So does that mean we're going to be sending hardware to China and not Taiwan? He did say we'll get militarily involved if China invades Taiwan and then goes on and says we're with China. And we abide by the one China policy. Well, that, uh -huh. that's what I meant by we're with China, yeah. because that's the one China yeah. policy going and taking over Hi uh, Hong Kong and, and Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, Monkeypox. Let's uh, let's talk about monkeypox uh, for the last little bit here. Uh, we're not going to get to the uh, the digital ID stuff. We'll talk about digital ID stuff tomorrow. I got some pieces of audio on it, and I'm sure we'll get more from the World Economic Forum as their meeting goes on this week because they're all about digital IDs down there. So we're going to have some audio of that this week, I'm sure, from them. Uh, monkeypox. New cases today. 14 new cases in Portugal. Four new cases in the Netherlands. One new case in Germany. One new case in Italy. First cases have appeared in Denmark and Scotland. Anybody else notice a correlation of all these things? The only countries that are being affected are Western countries. Not even Eastern European countries are being affected. Well, it, it's happening in uh, places like Africa as well. Really? I haven't um, seen that. Where the death rate is something like one in 10 or something like that. But they always have that, don't they? Well, typically, yeah. So they, 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 when they come in contact with uh, some kind of animal that has monkeypox, sometimes it does spread to a human and and in those cases it's uh uh they say it's a one in ten but it, it's funny the which ceo that was saying that you you have to get tested to know you were uh infected for covid no uh, didn't didn't we just listen to uh before on the um, the, the ceo I've, that was talking about oh god was that COVID? um no, 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 no. I, I, Gottlieb, I don't think that was what he said, uh, but I'll just play it. So how do you see this? What, are we going to be talking about this in three months, Scott, in your view? 
Yeah, I think the risk right now is that this becomes a persistent risk, that we can't fully snuff this out and cases continue to emerge. I don't think this is going to be um, uncontrolled spread in the same way that we you know, tolerated the COVID-19 epidemic. Uh, but uh, there is a possibility that, that now that this has gotten into the community, if, in fact, it's more pervasive than what we're measuring right now, that it becomes hard to snuff out because a lot of these cases are mildly symptomatic, Patients might not present. They're going to get misdiagnosed because doctors aren't used to evaluating this virus. And so if it is persistent, I think that could still cause a lot of disruption. First of all, it could cause a lot of um, disease and, and some people are going to have bad outcomes, but it could cause a lot of disruptions. You know, this is a virus that is super stable outside the human host. So it could live on objects like blankets and things like that. And so you can see situations where people become reluctant to try on clothing, do things like that, where it could be disruptive in areas where this is spreading, like New York City, if, if we do have large outbreaks in major cities. So we need to get a handle on this. We need to identify these cases. Um, it's very amenable to public health work, contact tracing, ring vaccination. Um, so now that doctors are going to be on the lookout for it, if public health authorities are aggressive, they can get control of this. But I suspect that more cases that are going to emerge in the coming weeks as people start to present and as we go back and find out a lot of people were misdiagnosed. So see, it's going to be misdiagnosis. That's what's going to cause the, the spike in cases. Yeah. That, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so I've also here's got the problem. Yeah, go on. Because we got uh, some more numbers the, rolling so, in here. Yeah. So the main problem with that is saying that it's it's mostly mild cases or majority of them are going to be mild cases is what he says there. Okay. So this is this is what the disease starts with. Okay. So the incubation period uh, is roughly seven to fourteen days, but can range from five to twenty-one. Okay, that's incubation. Yes. Right. Belgium, by the way, you, to that point, Belgium has now ordered anyone who tests positive for monkeypox now has to undergo a 21-day mandatory quarantine. Yes. Um, so, which, I mean, it fits with what they're saying the disease lasts uh, in Africa, as an example. Uh, it starts with things like fever, headache, muscle ache, backache. And then this is where it starts getting different. Swollen lymph nodes. That's not typical of flu or any of those kind of things. Chills and exhaustion. All of which, everything there is flu, except for the lymph node. All right. But within one to three days of showing the first sign of that. So this is this is where it's misdiagnosis. OK, by the time you're going to the doctor to get treatment, it's already been one to three days after you've shown fever. OK, you're going to start showing signs of lesions. So by the time you go to the doctor and, and predominantly the rashes and whatnot develop on the face first on on the uh, more delicate skin like that uh, and then spreading to the other parts of the body. It's kind of difficult to go to the doctor's office and not have visible lesions on your face and the doctor not, you know, say this is monkeypox. So his, his argument there that, oh, they've been misdiagnosed. Yeah, that's going to be difficult because it, it, the, the lesions are, you know, the, the it range from the smaller, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's just a lesion, like a, a crack in the skin, if you will. It, it's not um, uh swelling or any of that kind of stuff Not like a blister or anything boils like that. postules i mean it, it it goes fairly obvious and then it'll scab and so on and so forth so it's not like something you're going to easily hide with makeup or something like that uh -huh. um yeah so it's not uh, his argument that it's going to be misdiagnosed is uh bs in my opinion um but here we are so we have uh we got some numbers coming in now 36 new cases in england the european cdc has warned that it could become endemic in Europe if it reaches the animal population. Well, you know it's going to already, if that's what they're saying. I just, I can't understand. I, I cannot, I cannot grasp how people have adopted this idea 
uh, unless it's part of this mass formation psychosis that I'm just not seeing. I'm not making the, the connection somewhere. I cannot grasp how people believe the fact that these morons that have concocted this narrative for these these things like science is settled. There's no debating it. There's no disagreement with it. All of a sudden, viruses now work on schedules. Since when? Well, we have to have lockdowns from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. because what? The virus knows? We can't go on a walk in a park somewhere with our dog because uh, the virus knows? You can wear a mask when you get to a restaurant. You have to wear it from the door to the table, but you can take it off when you get to the table because it knows when you're eating. The insanity. The CDC is going to give an update in the U.S. at 2 p.m. Eastern time today. God help us. The uh, let me see. Utah has reported their first two cases of monkeypox, and yeah, so that's what we've got so far. I'll point this out uh, as well. Uh, spread uh, of the disease is uh, close contact, uh, specifically with the lesioned area, and most of these cases, how they've been spread, is um, unique, shall we say. And uh, it affects the smaller part of our population. That is very unique. And I find it rather interesting that the person that is overseeing this is, of course, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Strange. Monkeypox is yeah. primarily spreading. This is according to the WHO. The, the WHO. I'm looking at uh, an article here out of CNBC. It's primarily spreading through sex. Huh. Interesting. European nations have confirmed dozens of cases in what's become the largest outbreak of monkeypox ever. On the continent. That's according to the German military. Largest outbreak they've ever seen. Yeah. U.S. has confirmed two more cases today. Canada's confirmed at least five more. Belgium introduced a mandatory 21-day quarantine. And it says here, the most recent surge in cases appears to be, uh, it appears to have been spread among men who have sex with other men. That appears to be where it's the most dominant, which is interesting to say the least. Why that? Well, let's just say um, it, it's more predominant with the unprotected variety. I gotcha. Gotcha. Again, I find it rather interesting that Fauci is quarterback in this thing. Don't you? Yeah. The, he was, for those that aren't catching on, um, he was overseeing uh, a, a major outbreak of a, a disease that's largely spread through um, sex as well uh, from, what, nearly 40 years ago? Yes. Right when he was appointed head of the NIH. Uh, the virus is spread through close contact with people, animals, material that infect with the virus. It enters the body through broken skin, the respiratory tract, the eyes, nose, and mouth. Well, you're going to need masks, right? You're going to have to do social distancing again. That's how you're going to have to fight it. Though human-to-human -human transmission is believed to occur through the respiratory droplets as well, so you're going to need masks. That method requires prolonged face-to-face -face contact because the droplets cannot travel more than a few feet. Um, so what if somebody sneezes? I mean, I don't know about you, but um, I can't tell you the last time I remember uh, a doctor saying, you know, sneezes, they only go a few feet. No, we were taught from a very young age that when you sneeze, I mean, when, when you would have like the, the doctors and the nurses and things come to your to your schools and and talk about viruses and, and flu and bacteria and all that stuff, they would say, if I stand up here and I sneeze, more than likely every single person in here is going to be in, uh, affected by that. And that's standing in front of a classroom of like 30 people, 30 kids, whatever. Um, yeah. How long has the human civilization existed? Yeah. It, it's been uh, a while. It's been a very, very long time. Thousands and thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and sneezing, if you're, if you're, if you're a evolutionary type, then you know, sneezing and coughing are evolutionary traits that our body has evolved over thousands of years by random happenstance. And, um, that's why we continue doing it now. So uh, if that's the case, then um, 
Apparently, nature decided that that is the safest way to expel something from your body, uh, your, your your nose and whatnot. So, hmm, I don't know. I, I I'm honestly I'm I'm so cynical when it comes to the the medical industry now. I I, I don't even I I almost don't even trust them to just stitch me up properly at this point. If if I'm in like a car accident or something like that, because I don't know if I'm gonna wake up and say, "Hey, we vaccinated you while you were asleep." Or something like that. Wouldn't surprise me. Actually, you had the president of the Philippines that was saying that during COVID. He says, you know, those that don't want to take the vaccine, we're just going to have to do it while they're sleeping. Yeah, that that would not be. Let's just say if that happened to me and I was in an accident and they vaccinated, vaccinated me while I was in my sleep, you better hope I die from the vaccine. You know, the uh, the World Health Organization is meeting in Geneva as well at the moment. Do you know this whole pandemic uh, treaty that they're trying to ram through? You know, the WHO pandemic treaty that's going to usurp all of our national sovereignties, that one. And it's going to basically turn all of our uh, well, it's going to turn over all of our governance to Bill Gates, Fauci and the Chinese Communist Party is what it's going to do. They're meeting right now in Geneva. Did you know, Bruce, that they're saying that that's that the World Health Organization? They're saying that people that think that that treaty is going to usurp national sovereignty, those people are conspiracy theorists. So we should have the Ministry of Truth investigate them and then send well, no, the see, we need, FBI no. cronies to knock on no, their door. No, okay. no, no, no. We can't do that. What we need to do, Bruce, we need to recalibrate free speech. That's what we need to do. We just need to recalibrate it. That, that's all that needs to happen there. Well, you, you have to govern it somehow, you know, regulate it. So, you know, have the Ministry of Truth overlook that, which, by the way, we talked mm-hmm. about it being paused. It's not paused, by the way. It's still going on. It's still functioning. They just changed who the heads. They they temporarily put people in in office. You know, the co-writer of the Patriot Act. Yeah, they're they're one of the heads of it. Um, they're even worse. Yeah. And then the, another uh, a woman whose name evades me, but she's involved in a bunch of uh, misinformation, disinformation involving Trump and the whole P tape, you know, all that nonsense. It never ends with these people. The World Health Organization, because we're going to turn over our um, uh, our guidance to them now because they've been stellar through the last couple of years. Uh, we're going to turn over our guidance to them. By the way, they were the same people that said, no, there's no human to human transmission of COVID. No, no, absolutely not. Don't need to worry about that. No, there's no no evidence of human to human transmission. World Health Organization is going to make lockdowns and other non-pharmaceutical in, uh, interventions intended to curb viral spread as part of their official pandemic guidance. So we're going to take everything that didn't work and we're going to make it part of policy. That's what we're going to do. Uh, The report was scheduled to go on to the World Health Organization's health assembly later this month. This is not part of a new pandemic treaty that does not require the endorsement of member states. The report says the implementation is already underway. Uh, Yeah, see, you don't. You don't need to vote on that. There's no need to do that because we're just we're doing it anyway. Many have raised the alarm about a new World Health Organization pandemic treaty. However, as noted previously, there isn't a new pandemic treaty on the table. Rather, there are amendments to the existing treaty in the international health regulations from 2005, plus other recommendations, just 131 of them, all put forward in a report from the Working Group on Strengthening World Health Organization Preparedness and Response to health emergencies. Well, everything's a health emergency now. And if you don't have one, they're going to give you one. Most of these amendments and recommendations relate to information and resource sharing and preparation for future pandemics. None of them directly interferes with the state sovereignty in the sense of allowing 
the World Health Organization to impose or lift measures. Right. Sure. Uh, And it goes on to talk about all the different amendments and everything else. But they say, no, there's nothing to worry about here. Everything's fine. There's just a few amendments that they're going to make to this. There's only 131 amendments they're going to make to this. But see, you're not even going to have to vote on this. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Since when did... um you know, these elite care about what we had to say, have to say anyway. Here in the U.S., you want to make an amendment like that to something that's already been passed? It's going to take like 75% of the states to agree, as well as having a supermajority in uh, the House and Congress. So, or the Senate, House and Senate in Congress. Honestly, at this point, I, I'm just glad they're out there saying the rhetoric they're saying, because now we have names to the stuff they're putting out there. Indeed we do, sir. We're out of time, so we're going to have to go today. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would humbly ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up, you know someone you're trying to get to think on their own, we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.